0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Several days ago, the USCCB, the US Conference of Catholic Bishops, wrapped up its big meeting in Baltimore that was billed as the bishops getting together to address the scourge of unrepentant public sinners receiving the Eucharist unworthily as well as dealing with the reality that most Catholics simply do not believe in the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist anymore. That meeting turned out to be a nothing burger, a display of cowardice on the part of the bishops that is so astonishing to behold, once you realize that they could not even be bothered to really stop people from eating and drinking their own condemnation upon themselves, that it's hard to believe. It took me a few days to really digest this story, so let's go over this together. For those who did not follow the news initially, from John Henry Weston's website, we get this. Headline, U.S. bishops approve Eucharistic document that ignores communion for pro-Moloch politicians. The document was approved by a margin of 222 to 8. For those keeping score at home, that's better than 95% of the bishops in America approving a document meant to Address unworthy reception of the Eucharist and lack of belief in the real presence that runs rampant among the laity by ignoring the most heinous acts of public sacrilege ones done in the public eye and with, apparently, papal blessing. As usual, the vast majority of the bishops are either faithless or cowardly. But let's find out who actually the eight good bishops are who oppose this document because they are at this point the only ones who really matter. But the problem is, seven of them are anonymous because of how this all went down. Bishop Strickland was the only bishop to stand up at the conference and speak in defense of the most vulnerable. Well, scratch that. There was one other, Bishop Nauman, and he also deserves your praise. But Bishop Strickland got the most attention for this, and he stood up for them in defense of the most vulnerable, who were being ignored in this document by the cowards in black and scarlet. The other seven who stood against the document are unknown, as the casting of opinions on this was done electronically. That famous who-wants-ice-cream tweet that caused the bishops to receive a lot of mockery was actually in reference to a test run of the system that they used to make this decision. Still kind of weird that they tweeted that out, but I digress. The other seven, well, six, are going to remain unknown unless they choose to speak up. But we do know who derailed the document. Yes, the names of the men responsible for permitting sacrilegious reception under the Eucharist by public unrepentant sinners is known to us. From that same article, quote, Prominent among such dissenting voices were Cardinal Supich of Chicago, Cardinal Joseph Tobin of Newark, Cardinal Wilton Gregory of Washington, Bishop Robert McElroy of San Diego, Bishop John Stowe of Lexington, Bishop Medley of Owensboro, and Bishop Joseph Bambera of Scranton. End quote. Ah, what a rogues gallery. They wanted to avoid mentioning the issue at all. Remember their names. Those are the names of Judases in our midst. This has nothing to do with secular factions involved and everything to do with the souls they are permitting to be lost. The accounting that they will have to provide to our Lord will be unimaginable unless they repent. To compound their audacity, the bishops then comically said they plan to focus on a Eucharistic revival to help teach the faithful about the reality of our Lord's presence in the Eucharist. Yes, A Eucharistic Revival After Announcing That They're Not Going to Take Action to Protect the Souls of the Sinners From Eating and Drinking Their Own Condemnation Upon Themselves From the National Catholic Register, Headline U.S. Bishops Overwhelmingly Endorse Eucharistic Statement and Revival Campaign In Addition to Approving the Document Titled The Mystery of the Eucharist and the Life of the Church The Bishops Approved a Strategic Plan for a Three-Year Eucharist Revival Campaign The fact that they need a three-year strategic plan to pledge to teach the faithful about the real presence is shocking. If you don't know what a strategic plan is, and I don't blame you if you don't, it is what secular organizations use to plan out a major renovation or city revitalization project or some major new program they're launching. A website for a professional organization that helps companies with their management plans defines a strategic plan in this way, What is strategic planning? Strategic planning is an organizational management activity that is used to set priorities, focus energy and resources, strengthen operations, ensure that employees and other stakeholders are working toward common goals, establish agreement around intended outcome and results, yada, yada, yada. You get the idea. This is secular NGO speak. In other words, all this is fine and rather boring stuff. That's fine for a secular NGO. Very useful stuff. I studied this stuff in my public administration coursework in in grad school. Some nonprofit organizations and even municipal governments, somewhere, they need these programs to make sure their big new project is successful. But this isn't the stuff of the church. The church is being run by men who think of her like an NGO. What's the story really about? First, we're told how they debated and then passed the document. Okay. Then we got this from that National Catholic Register article. Quote. Instead, the document aims to initiate a new emphasis on catechizing Catholics about the meaning and importance of the Eucharist, in response to what many bishops see as a worrisome decline in belief in the sacrament as the real presence of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. In an interview with CNA prior to the the tally, Archbishop Samuel Aquila of Denver explained that the document seeks to present a clear understanding of the Church's teachings, to bring heightened awareness among the faithful of how the Eucharist can transform our lives and bring us closer to our Creator in the life He wants for us. In addition to approving the document titled The Mystery of the Eucharist in the Life of the Church, the bishops approved a strategic plan for a three-year Eucharistic revival campaign. The tally was 201 to 17 in favor of the revival campaign, with five abstentions. The initiative is to include the development of new teaching materials, training for diocesan and parish leaders, the launch of a dedicated revival website, and the deployment of a special team of 50 priests who will travel the country to preach about the Eucharist. The campaign will culminate with a National Eucharistic Congress in June 2024 in Indianapolis. Bishop-designate Andrew Cozens of Crookston, Minnesota, announced Wednesday. Bishop Cozens, who was heading the revival effort as chairman of the USCCB's Committee on Evangelization and Catechesis, said the Congress would be the first of its kind in the United States in nearly 50 years. Previously, Bishop Cozen said, such national Eucharistic events were held once a decade. End quote. We're in so much trouble, folks. So much trouble. Look, the core of the problem here is something that they did not and will not address. The Church has become worldly. It has become indistinguishable from the world. We watch the man who world thinks is Pope meet the groups that are against everything the church stands for and then work with them on their evil programs. We see the bishops embrace open sin, permit wicked priests to preach the anti-gospel in their evil bridge-building campaigns to normalize sins that cry out to heaven. We see them try to sweep evil under the rug. And we see them go after faithful Catholics who just want the faith and the way our forebears worshipped all throughout history and the church to actually preach the truth. And that's the problem. The Church has become indistinguishable from the world, and they refuse to address the problem. That bit I quoted there said there were five abstentions. We know that in the early days of the debate last week, Cardinal supich defended heterodoxy, that he defended the sacrilegious reception of the Eucharist. But then he was called to Rome, and we don't know why. He wasn't there for, for the final tally. But I have my suspicions about this. The day after Cardinal Cupich left the U.S. for Rome, Catholics sat on Twitter, who watches all things uh, going on at the Vatican pretty closely, reported this, quote, Pope Francis met this morning with Archbishop Arthur Roach, prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, and Archbishop Vittorio Francesco Viola, secretary of the same congregation, end quote. Those two men are the ones who are trying to suppress the traditional lit- liturgy for Francis. They're the ones responsible for initiating Traditionis Custodis. I bet that Supich was either at that meeting or with the great merciful one after he was done with Archbishop's Roach and Viola. Supich has been very vocal about the need to suppress the Mass entirely in America to remain in communion with Rome, a statement whose absurdity is only dwarfed by his diabolical nature. I'm betting he met with Francis to get an update on how to move forward with his personal campaign to sway the bishops in America on the liturgy. I reported on Blazing Cupcake's evil statements made recently, and within days of his releasing his articles in America magazine, several bishops announced draconian restrictions on the Latin Mass. That was not a coincidence. Stupich could not be bothered to wait out the entirety of the USCCB's conference on the Eucharist for this work of his. Truly remarkable. If you're wondering why the bulk of bishops acted to preserve sacrilegious communion for unrepentant public sinners who are engaged in defending and promoting probably the most heinous sin of our time, not only are they cowards, they are out of touch with reality. Bishop Thomas Tobin of Rhode Island took to Twitter to give us a really bad take, and it shows what most of the bishops really think. Quote, Despite recent surveys, I think most practicing Catholics, quote-unquote, believe that the Eucharist is indeed the body of Christ. Perhaps they can't define it in terms of philosophy or theology, but they instinctively know it's the body of Christ. That's why they come to Holy Communion, end quote. I like that he put practicing Catholics in square scare quotes there. It makes it look like he doesn't actually believe what he's saying. Now, thankfully, he was corrected by people. There were a lot of responses, but here these two were my favorite and deserve to be highlighted simply because they tell the truth of the matter succinctly. First, a user calling herself Liz says this to the bishop, quote, I was a cradle Catholic, 12 years of Catholic school, and it took a reversion in college by a friend who actually knew the faith to teach me that the Eucharist is the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity. If not taught correctly, how can they know? End quote. And a priest responds to her with this, quote, think most go to communion out of habit or to feel included or because everyone else in their row is going up and they don't want to break the flow End quote exactly correct communion is just part of the mass for most people if not properly instructed if not properly taught about the need for validly receiving the eucharist and the need for confession most will just go up if you need proof of this ask your parish your parish's person in charge of their rcia program how often they have to stop people who are not catholic from receiving the eucharist those people may then quickly enter RCAA right after it happens, that is often the case, but ask if it happens, and I guarantee that most will say it does, because I know a permanent deacon personally who has to tell people that all the time. It happens. People simply do not know, because instead of being taught by priests who believe in the real presence, they're given homilies on Sundays about social issues. And it has to stop. And the bishops can't do anything about it, because most of them are modernists themselves. I'm going to end this with a quote from Philip Lawler's book, The Smoke of Satan. Get a copy if you like what he says here. He channels more, my anger more clearly than I can express it. He begins by quoting Fulton Sheen, then goes off from there himself. Quote, Who is going to save our church? asked Archbishop Sheen. Do not look to the priests. Do not look to the bishops. It's up to you, the laity, to remind our priests to be priests, and our bishops to be bishops. If the dismal summer of 2018 is to produce any good result, it will be underlying that message. The loyal Catholic laity, stirred by anger into action, will demand an end to the corruption of the Church and a full return to her evangelical purpose. At the turn of the 7th century, Pope Gregory the Great spoke in a homily about a failing of bishops that discourages me greatly. Accusing himself of the same weakness that he saw among his brother bishops, he said, we abandon the ministry of preaching, and in my opinion are called bishops to our detriment, for we retain the honorable office but fail to practice the virtues proper to it. Those who have been entrusted to us abandon God, and we are silent. They fall into sin, and we do not extend a hand of rebuke. We are wrapped up in worldly concerns, and the more we devote ourselves to external things, the more insensitive we become in spirit. The mistaken belief that bishops always have the power to speak on behalf of quote unquote, the Church plays into the popular misconception that bishops could, if they wished, change unpopular Catholic doctrines. The perception of the Church as a multinational corporation, with bishops and ultimately the Pope wielding executive control, encourages secular critics to argue that the hierarchy should tailor dogmas to match popular styles. Even the notion that doctrines should be established by public opinion reflects the clericalist mentality. It derives from the assumption that the church is our possession, operating under our guidance. End quote. Yes, they believe the church is under our possession, that it belongs to us, and that our opinion on things matters at all. It doesn't. Bishops, if you're watching or hearing this, teach the faith. Preserve the deposit of the faith and pass it on to us correct sinners, even publicly when you must, and right now you must. That's your job. That's not mine. I shouldn't have to do this. Please step up, no matter how hard it is, and do the right thing. Your souls may depend on it. Let me know what you thought about this in the comments, please. Like I said, things are not looking terribly up at the moment. Maybe their Eucharistic revival campaign will work, but I doubt it. Let me know what you think in the comments, please, and please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.